Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, Leslie and I share some random observations we had from our recent trip to Disney World in June. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast and receive bonus content, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Decipher. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, we have a few things we just want to touch on from our recent trips in June to Walt Disney World. A little bit of a potpourri episode, just because we're not going to do an official trip report, but there are some things that we thought are worth touching on. Before we get started, we just want to thank a new patron, Lynn M. Thank you so much for supporting if you are a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, you can receive live trip reports about what's going on, where we kind of go through more the blow by blow of what we're doing every day. But since this is generally a preferably longer tail podcast, uh, you know, it's kind of not worth going through day by day uh, on these main episodes. But there are a lot of things that we want to cover that we think should help you on your trips now and also in the future. So we'll start with the big one, Genie Plus Leslie. Lots of consternation about this product from Disney World. For those of you who don't know, it's the new replacement for FastPass Plus. You can only buy it on the day of now, although Leslie, you had bought it in advance because you had gotten it added to your ticket before they changed it so that you could not do that. Let's start by talking about, we've discussed before how Genie Plus is so much better at Disneyland, which I think is still true, but in your experience at Disney World, what do you think was the delta there? What was the gap between Disneyland and Disney World usage? So, well, I did 19 Genie Plus attractions in a single day at Disneyland once, and I don't think I kept count, but I don't think I did any more than maybe six in a single day. But, you know, then again, I was calling it a night early. I was taking a break hard in the middle of the day with my son just because peak summer heat. So it's not really a fair comparison. Like if I really needed to compare, you know, from rope drop to, to park close to make it a fair fight. But that said, I had nightmares about Genie Plus going into this trip. I felt like, you know, I'm solo with one kid and everything's on me and my phone, you know, if it times out or something, I'm going to miss my chance and there's going to be key rides that we miss out on. If that was sort of my expectation, I did better than my expectation, but that's kind of damning with faint praise, I guess. So it ultimately, I mean, I was able to get all of the key rides that I wanted to get over the course of my four days in the parks. But, you know, I've said before, my son didn't want to ride every thrill ride. So we were not going for every major, you know, headliner in every park. I mean, we we set out Space Mountain. We set out Rock and Roller Coaster. We set out Tower of Terror. We didn't even do Big Thunder. I mean, <laughs> so it's not really, you know, a comparison that I guess is necessarily fair for people who are trying to hit all of those headliners. But it wasn't terrible. And there was more availability than I I feared for sort of those D tickets that I was happy riding. I mean, not fillers, but like solid rides, solid rides. So I was happy with that, especially in a park like Magic Kingdom, for example. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think I kept track of how many attractions I did on Genie Plus, but I think my Magic Kingdom day where I park hopped to 
Hollywood Studios, I think. <laughs> yes, it must have been that. I'm sorry. It was a while ago. I've forgotten. But on that day, I think we got at least a dozen attractions done. That is including a rest in the middle of the day. And I feel like the return times were looking a lot better than I had seen even in my last trip in February. So I'm not sure if they're working out the system and it's getting fixed or what's happening. But I was worried that, for example, one of Remy's Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run or Rock and Roller Coaster would be gone by the time I was booking my second Genie Plus for Hollywood Studios. Of course, I wasn't doing Rock and Roller Coaster with my son, but I'm just using that as an example. And I was keeping an eye on whether that was there. But I found that I was able to get at least two of the attractions, the hot attractions that I really wanted on Genie Plus for both days that I used it. And you were there for a lot more days. I mean, it does feel like you are avoiding headliners just by virtue of the nature of your trip with your son. But still, it seemed like you got pretty much everything you wanted. Yeah, I really do feel like we did get in everything that we wanted. And we got to repeat several attractions that we wanted. We got to ride Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway twice. And we got to ride Remy's twice. So I was happy about that. I I was also happy to find out that there were still some decent selections to be made in the afternoon. Like I always felt like my my 2.30 selection that I was usually making most days was still something that I was really wanting. Like I got Haunted Mansion one time and it it wasn't for a return time at nine o'clock at night because we weren't in the parks that late. It was for a return time that was before dinner. So I was happy with that. Yeah, the real proof that Genie Plus was working as intended is that Alien Swirling Saucers was there whenever I wanted it. So what else can you say about Genie Plus working? I mean, it was impeccable. (laughs) Very true, Joe. Priorities. We know where those lie for you. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I guess I wanted to say about Genie Plus, one reason I think it worked for me well is that I was park hopping every day but one day. And I usually started my morning in a park where Genie Plus wasn't necessary. So that was either Animal Kingdom or Epcot. And then I park hopped to a park where Genie Plus was a lot more helpful. And by that point, I was stacking my afternoon. So I wasn't really using Genie Plus, maybe except for the first ride in Animal Kingdom or Epcot. And then I was stacking for the other parks. So I think that's one thing that that helped me maximize it. If I had only had one park per day ticket or I had been sort of hopping in the reverse direction, it would have been harder stacking for the afternoon is still one of my favorite things to do uh kind of a luxury because of how much i'm at walt disney world but because of that i think it allows you to really hone in on the attractions you really want to do with genie plus i should also note here that single rider lines still work very well my son just turned seven a couple days ago so i wasn't able to use single rider lines with him on this particular trip but i think that's something That would have went well. The single rider lines looked very reasonable. And one other random note, the day that the four of us were touring together, uh, Leslie, myself, and our two sons, we completely missed a Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railway Lightning Lane for like 3 or 4 p.m. or something like that. And we tried to go in at, I think it was like 6.30 or 7, and they let us in fine. I'm not sure if that's something that's reproducible. I'm hearing rumors that they've become more lenient with that. I don't know for sure, but I would just say you can always try if you had the Lightning Lane before and the worst they can say is no. All right, last Genie Plus question. Did you purchase any individual Lightning Lanes? I know we purchased Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind. Did you get anything else? 
So I purchased two other individual lightning lanes over the course of the trip. I purchased Flight of Passage and I purchased Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and both of them were big busts. <laughs> so I spent a lot of money on trying to push the envelope on thrill rides with my son and failed, but I guess I'm glad I at least attempted. Quick question on Flight of Passage. I know you hadn't been on for a few years and your son was probably too far away for you to actually like help him and cover his eyes or anything. So did you get to enjoy that at least since it's been a while since you've uh, flown? Yeah, no, I definitely got to enjoy the ride. I just kind of had my hand on his hand because um, I could reach him, you know, just so that he was making sure he was doing okay. He he wasn't completely freaking out on that one the way that he was on Cosmic Rewind. <laughs> you know, he had his head completely down for Cosmic Rewind, like did not lift his head the entire coaster ride. And he was watching off and on on Flight of Passage. It was just sort of the big drops that really were a little bit too much for him. But uh, yeah, I did enjoy it. (laughs) It's such a great ride. I think I'll be taking my older child next time. Speaking of flying, let's talk about transportation really quickly. I know you did a lot of skylining. How was your experience with the Skyliner in general, your first experience with the Skyliner? And then after we're done with that, we can talk about buses a little bit. Sure. So I loved, loved, loved the Skyliner. And I am probably going to go out of my way to stay at Skyliner Resorts again in the future. It's just so convenient to Hollywood Studios and to Epcot. It sort of makes that park hop and that midday break really possible. I mean, of course, the downside at certain times of year, especially in the summer, are those afternoon thunderstorms and having it close. But other than the one day where you and I missed it, we never missed it again. Um, we did have a couple of days where it really didn't rain, which was kind of unusual um, for that time of year and the heat. But we usually were going back soon enough that we were sort of going back before the thunderstorms hit. And literally one time we got back to Caribbean Beach and within 90 seconds, the Skyliner closed. I actually texted you, I remember, because there was a big gust of wind and they actually paused the Skyliner for a second because we were bouncing around and it was a little bit... I said, this would freak some people out. I was okay because I ride these things all the time at ski resorts, so I wasn't freaked out. But it definitely would have freaked some people out. But yeah, really happy with the Skyliner and, I mean, especially the Caribbean Beach location at that transfer station. It's glorious. Yeah, and the one time that we were getting rained out with the Skyliner, I was with you and we ended up getting a minivan from the beach club, which worked out very well. And those are back officially. It was in uh, beta or... Uh, soft open while we were there, but now they're back officially. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to add about that, I noticed I have a special discount on Lyft as part of one of the credit cards that I have, the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And I noticed that I got the same discount on a minivan that I did on any other regular Lyft. So that did bring the cost down quite a bit on my minivan. I mean, obviously it's still a splurge and still far more expensive than regular Uber and Lyft. But I was glad to see that at least worked during the beta testing period for me. And then the other thing we should note about the Skyliner is because you did not close down the parks, Leslie, you never had to wait in that long line that happens when Epcot closes down at the end of the night uh, after Harmonious. So bear that in mind that if you are going to Caribbean Beach, you are going to have to deal with that on your way back in the evening. All right. Tell us a little bit about the bus situation. I know we discussed this a little bit in our Caribbean Beach Resort episode, but in case people didn't listen to that, how was your experience with the buses to Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom? My experience was better than my usual vacation. There was one period where it looked like we were going to have a very long wait and we were going to miss rope drop as a result. And Disney pulled out some buses, some extra buses and filled in that schedule. And uh, I don't know if that 
was just good luck or if they're really sort of proving in terms of the monitoring in real time. But but I had great luck. I never was waiting anything more than 15 minutes, maybe. I think the, the, the longest wait I had was leaving Magic Kingdom on our last day, trying to go back to our hotel to get our bags to head to the airport. And it was just, I guess it felt longer because it was really hot at that point in time. Got it. All right. So let's move to outer space. Uh, We ate at Space 220 together and we thought that, you know, enough people are interested in this restaurant that we should discuss it. Now, we went for lunch um, and we'll just get it out of the way right now. The cost was $55 per adult and who knows per child, like $30 or something like that. Thank you for lunch, Leslie. I really appreciate it since I didn't have to look at the bill. You get in the space elevator, which is pretty cool, although a little bit disorienting for vertigo challenge people like myself. And, you know, you go 220 miles up into outer space and then describe to us, you know, what was your experience with the restaurant? What did you feel like the ambiance was like? I really liked the ambiance of the restaurant. I mean, you come in and you do feel like you're looking out onto the cosmos. You have this big window and there are space items floating by, space shuttles, astronauts on spacewalks, things like that. I really liked it. It was cool for the kids to see. I liked the layout of the restaurant. It felt spacious. Some Disney restaurants feel really tight. So, you know, that's something we're all paying attention to right now, even still. So I felt like there was a lot a lot of space. And yeah, I mean, two thumbs up in terms of how it looked for me. What'd you think? I agree. Although they put us in one of the tables that is like right by the window. And I definitely would have preferred to be at a table a little bit further away because you can look at multiple windows at once. You know, when our waiter took the picture of us, he kind of stood further back. So you see Earth in the background and you don't get the feeling of the scale of that unless you can see multiple windows at the same time. So if you have a choice of table, I think getting a table actually further back from the windows or even better in the lounge where you don't even have to pay the fixed price menu price that is a better view and probably a better experience overall. Now the food, I will say it was good. You know, I don't think it blew me away, but I also didn't think it was bad. I feel like you're definitely paying for the experience. It's almost like, you know, when you go to uh, the top of the hub is what it's called in Boston, where you go to the top of the Prudential Center and it's got the best view. You know, you're paying for the view as much as you're paying for the food. And that's kind of how I felt about the food overall. What do you feel about the food? Yeah, I agree. I had heard that the food was really good when it first opened, and then it just plummeted off a cliff and was terrible and not worth the money. But I actually thought it was probably somewhere in between. I didn't feel like it was a ripoff in terms of quality. I thought my dishes that I had were tasty. I mean, not the best meal that I've eaten, but certainly not terrible theme park food. And, and you know, it, it felt like a table service restaurant for sure. You know, I agree. You're paying for the experience. And to me, it was kind of, you know, it's equivalent to a character meal. You're paying for that extra something that the restaurant has. So yeah, I didn't think the price was totally out in the stratosphere. It was a little higher than I was thinking it would be. I joked that um, the reason they call it Space 220 is because that's what it costs for two adults and two kids to dine there. And actually, that was right about right with tip and everything. And we did get a couple of extras. We let the kids get the souvenir cups and things like that. But that's that's about what it's going to cost you. Yeah, we should note, though, we did not get alcohol. So that right. is uh, right. worth saying. And also, uh, you know, when you take someone out to lunch, Leslie, you're not supposed to tell them how much it costs. Come on. Uh. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse you. Excuse you. Um, joking aside, we should also say what we got. I got the burrata for my appetizer and I got the hamburger and then you got the calamari, right? Which I tried that. That was good. And then I can't remember what you got for your main dish. I got the uh, shrimp and pasta. I can't remember exactly what the sauce was, but it was good. 
Like a scampi or something like that. Yeah. And our kids got kids like stuff. I don't know. My son got the salmon. Um, that was good. And then good. my son had his usual cheeseburger. Hey, so your son and I ate the same thing, which is pretty apt given our maturity levels. Okay, moving on. Other dining experiences that you got to try. Uh, I know you really enjoyed Steakhouse 71. We discussed that a little bit in a previous episode. Topolino's, that was your first time there. You know, what was your feeling about the food there? I think we talked about how you really enjoyed the characters there, but how was the food? Food was really good there. I mean, I have, you know, a picky eater with me, so he was just getting the Mickey waffles, but the presentation of those was just super cute. They were basically popsicle waffles. They were waffles on a stick, and then they had different color dipping sauces that looked like a painter's palette. So super cute presentation. And then I just had sort of the most standard eggs, potatoes, sausage kind of dish, but it was definitely better prepared than just what you would get at like, say, Ohana or something like that, where it's family style. I mean, it felt like it was elevated and it felt like it was cooked by (laughs) a real chef as opposed to just being like spooned out of a giant vat of scrambled eggs. So I I thought it was really good. I I would love to go back and try a couple of the more unique breakfast dishes, but I just kind of had a hankering that morning for just the standard old potatoes and sausage and eggs. And it was good. Actually, let's talk a little bit about the character experience because I'm not sure whether it's modified or different from what it was like when I was there. So I recall that the characters were wandering around and they were saying hello to us and we could take pictures of them but also every once in a while every like 15 minutes or so they would announce one of the characters and they would come in and do a little dance that's what it was like when i was there back in 2019 what did you experience yeah so it's the same they still do the big presentation and the dance and they do that every maybe every 30 minutes something like that but then they come in the in-between times, table to table and stop and talk to you. And now character hugs are back and you can stop and get a picture. I didn't see anybody getting autographs. And they actually gave us a little postcard that had the autographs of the four characters on it. So maybe they're either not doing autographs or just not encouraging it. But my son didn't have an autograph book, so it wasn't something he wanted. He just wanted hugs and and photos, so that's what we did. But I felt like um, the character interactions were really good. I mean, one thing I will say is I don't love that they don't have a pre-meal photo with one of the characters. So you're relying on your own camera, and, you know, you have to – we asked people who are sitting next to us to take a picture of the two of us together. So I I do like kind of having those staged – photos at the character meals that offer those because then it does give you the souvenir even of course if you're paying a ton more for it you know sometimes it's nice to have that option and get the whole family in the picture but but I was generally happy with the interactions I mean maybe one more character would be nice but the four that are there are solid it's Mickey Minnie Donald and Daisy yep all right so let's close things out by talking about some of the stuff that was new to you now we are covering Cosmic Rewind and Remy's Ratatouille Adventure in next week's episode. So we'll hold your opinions on that. But Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, this was your first time doing that attraction. What did you feel about it? I really, really liked that attraction. And we talked about how the line was way too hot and needs more air conditioning and ventilation. But bracketing that part, I thought the ride was just a ton of fun. And my son loved it. The right sort of amount of of thrills and whimsy. And I'm definitely going to be adding that to the agenda every time we go to Hollywood Studios for sure. One thing I really like about the attraction is from the pre-show to the attraction itself, I do feel like it is getting back to telling a story. And so that is, um, you know, a positive thing 
I, I like the story that it has to tell. I think we talked in a previous episode. I don't miss the great movie ride that much. I just don't think uh, our kids can sit through a 25 minute attraction like that anymore. So Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway does really well. Now, this was also your first experience for the 50th anniversary. What did you feel about that? I mean, could you even tell that it was happening? I, I, I kind of forget sometimes. I really couldn't, Joe. And that was kind of disappointing. I mean, some of that was because of the touring plan and schedule that we worked out together. You know, my son was tired at the end of the night. We didn't go to either of the evening shows. I didn't get to see the Beacons of Magic. I really wanted to see Epcot, Bishop Earth lit up, and I didn't get to see that. So so a couple of the things that I guess were really the shining stars of the 50th, I didn't get to experience. But... Yeah. Otherwise, it, things were very lackluster. I mean, I guess it was I was two or three days into the trip before I noticed the little golden statues in each of the parks. I was like, oh, yeah, 50th. That's what I'm here for. So it was it was underwhelming for me. I'm glad I was there. And and I am very, very glad. So there's this picture of when I was a child of me with my sister and my mom. And we're standing on Main Street, USA, with the castle behind us and you can see one of the banners on the lamppost and it says 15 we were there for the 15th anniversary of walt disney world so i was able to stage that picture with my son and the banners that said the 50th in the background so i thought that was kind of special that you know 35 years later i was there with my son who was basically the exact same age as i was when the 15th happened so i guess that was my nostalgia Hilariously, I saw you post that picture on social media and didn't even make the connection that there were banners in the background. I just thought you were posing pictures in the same place. So um, I guess I need to work on my critical social media reading a little bit more. Let's close things out with Kite Tales. How did you like Kite Tales? I know it's the minor version of it. It's not the full-blown show, but the jet ski, gigantic, blown-up kites with Disney animals flying around at Animal Kingdom. What would you think of that? I loved it and I wanted more and I was disappointed that I missed the full version back in the day. Um, Rest in peace or in Yesterland. My son, it was probably the highlight of Animal Kingdom for him. That was probably his favorite thing in the park. And we caught sort of one mini show and then it wasn't clear how long we would have to wait for the next mini show. So we just kind of sat there because we were definitely left wanting more. And then the second one was was longer than the first one that we had seen. So we definitely felt like we got to check that box. But I don't know what Disney was thinking. I mean, that's the most awesome, wacky... It reminds me of Disney when I was a kid. I mean, trying things that are a little bit weird and 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 wonderful and not so corporate and safe. And so I'm sad. I'm really sad. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, the music is good, so... I don't know what else what else is there to ponder definitely check out kite tails when you're there and especially if you're gonna find a spot in the shade which isn't always easy and that huge amphitheater you know it's a good place to camp out rest maybe catch a kite tails show or two all right so that covers most of the miscellanea which is not a word but i just made it up from our trip uh, our little potpourri episode so leslie before we get out of here let's end with our traditional disney do or don't what do you have for us All right, so for a Disney do, I would say if you want to do press pennies with your kid, you should probably bring some singles. And the reason is the new machines are a dollar, but if you want to just get one press penny, you need to use a dollar bill. 
Otherwise, if you're going to use a credit card, then you get all of them in the machine. So you're forced to spend more money if you're trying to charge it. So um, definitely bring some singles. But the good news is you don't need an actual penny any- anymore because the machine does it for you. It gives you a nice shiny penny and presses it for you. So definitely change times, Joe. Yeah, I haven't decided whether introducing my son to press pennies is an overall win because now when we went to the zoo, he was looking at all the press penny machines there and those machines do require pennies. So someone, aka me, needs to go to the bank and get a roll of like 100 pennies because I don't have any pennies at home. So uh, I think overall this might be a net loser. Although as far as souvenirs go, press pennies are as cheap as they can get. All right, so that will... Pretty much close things out for our trip. Of course, we have our Epcot Ride Guide releasing le- next week, going over Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind and Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. So go ahead and check that out next week. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and, and especially to our patrons who followed along live and gave us comments. We really appreciated that. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I'll see you straightening out your dollar bills to make sure they go into the machine. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. 